Welcome to this edition of Hindsight is Horrifying, the show where three mostly normal and somewhat cynical adults discuss life as members of the TV generation. Now here are your hosts, Darth Jada, Jason Mitchell, and Adam B. Hello! Hi there! And welcome to uh, something of a different episode of Hindsight is Horrifying. Different? Well, different home. You know, we have a, an incorrigible co-host. Oh, and, you uh, mean... Oh, God. Adam, I swear to God, you've got to get on your own microphone. He really, really does. you got to stop crowding. Back over here. Yeah, you, you know. There you go. <laughs> you're off it, camera. You know, when he's like this, it's almost like he's not even here and he's actually in New Orleans. Oh, is that where he is? <laughs> That's what I heard. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah, I heard he was in New Orleans uh, in uh, a city which uh, has, uh, you know, loose women, alcohol, <laughs> um, pretty much whatever you need. I'm, you know, but as, an as outstanding the officer, a naval officer, oh, yeah. would never be tempted by <laughs> such yes. sinful activities. Yes. What, what, what naval officer would, uh, would dare engage in such conduct? Oh, ex- never. Except all of them. Um, <laughs> Hi, Mr. Brown. <laughs> no, so um, uh, Mr. Brown is sadly, uh, he is not with us this evening. He is, uh, he is living it up in yeah, he's living it up. Uh, I think he's there just for the hell of it. I don't, I don't think there's any business reason or anything like that. He he's, always says he's traveling. He never really says what for. So we just have to speculate uh, as wildly as our imaginations will let us. Yeah. So that's yeah. what we do. Which is pretty wild. Uh, yes. You know, if, if we're being honest, mm-hmm. um, big time, but no, he is, uh, he is, he is missed. He is missed. Well, at and, least, and you know, he's kind of like our emotional support picture. <laughs> he's still, he always finds a way to be here with us in some way, shape or form. Yeah, I'm That's impressive the, dedication. In my the head. audience uh, see is I'm adjusting the brightness on your camera. This is, this is high tech stuff right here. Oh yes. You see, this is uh, no idea. Yeah. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, oh, his, right his, there. his speech bubble matches my shirt. <laughs> there we go. There we go. That's a little bit better. Oh, no. That's oh, goodness. Terrible. Oh, God, that's terrible. <laughs> He's got a tan from Costa Rica. Okay, that's terrible. <laughs> Part of the problem is I can't. Jason, re- stop messing with my complexion. This isn't good lighting. There we go. Jeez. There we go. He looks good there. Uh, sorry about that, everybody. Um, <laughs> what a Cracker Jack start to this episode. It's a Cracker Jack start for the show. We are still doing our summer of the 1970s, which was actually Mr. Brown's idea. Yes. Yeah, so he had to have some representation on yeah, camera of course, tonight, for of sure. Course. Yeah. Um, and uh, But he didn't pick the movie this week. Uh, no, this, there's this, a fun story yeah, to this that, actually. Yeah, this is actually sort of surreptitious how this <laughs> happened. Was. Yeah, why don't you tell everybody what happened? Uh, so, you know, hindsighters, as you know at this point, Jason and I share about 99.999% of a brain. And the way that that, uh, you know, appeared this week, uh, it it's always coming up in weird situations. But uh, in this particular instance, uh, Jason hadn't picked a movie until the late afternoon. And I made some suggestions via email saying... Yes. Hey, you know, we can always go the Burt Reynolds route. Never a bad route to take. We could do Gator or Hooper. And about 10 minutes later, I get a text <laughs> message from Jason saying, hey, let's do Hooper. Yeah. And without even being aware that I'd sent that email in the first place. So, yeah. 
Well, you know, it's it's Hooper it, it is. For some reason it, it came across as such a natural choice. Well, know? I mean, Burt Reynolds whenever you think 70s, you got to think Burt Reynolds. Yeah, uh, yeah. And we've already done Smokey and the Bandit and unfortunately Smokey and the Bandit 2 didn't happen until 1980. No, exactly. That so was we couldn't 80s. exactly feature that film because Yeah, that's Cannonball not... Run was in the 80s too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that wasn't an option. Actually yeah. there's a lot of really good Burt Reynolds movies that didn't happen until the 80s. Oh, he was a star yeah. for decades. Yeah. Like, yeah. We could have done Deliverance. That was in the 70s. We sort of did. Well, I have that, a fun yeah, fact yeah, about okay, that yeah. <laughs> for this movie. Yeah. So we sort of did. Because we are doing the 1978. 78, was that it? Yes, 78. The 1978, Hal Needham directed uh, Love Letter to the Stunt, uh, stunt, the stunt Acting Men Community. of Hollywood, yeah. Yeah, Hooper. Uh, and specifically, because I learned this fun fact, specifically to Sally Field's real-life uh, stepfather, uh, Jock Mahoney. Uh, because there's Jock McCoy, I think his name is in the movie, uh, who plays her actual dad instead of her stepdad. Yeah. Uh, oh, Jocko Doyle. Sorry. And uh, yeah, that's actually a specific tribute to her real life stepdad who was a stuntman. Yeah. A legendary stuntman. And it's a not it's kind of a love letter to all the stuntmen, but specifically to him. And and, and something is on screen right now that, that to me is <laughs> this just blew my mind. I, and yeah. I've seen this movie before. Yeah, but it's so weird. So. Uh, Burt Reynolds is playing a stuntman who is the stuntman for an actor in a sort of James Bond ripoff movie called The Spy Who Laughed at Danger or something like that. Uh, and, and and the the person who yes. is sort of playing the sort of James Bond character is none other than Adam West. Adam West, also and, known as television's Batman. Yeah, and it's interesting because he's credited in the movie as just Adam. Because, yeah. you know, his character is Adam. But I swear in, there are parts of the movie where they say Mr. West. No, he does yeah. it right at the beginning because uh, the PA or whoever's calling for Adam West's attention goes, uh, I even wrote this down because uh, he's talking to Burt Reynolds or Hooper, uh, Sonny Hooper. And he's saying, hey, you got to teach me how you did that motorcycle gag one day. And he's like, you know what? You stick to the acting. I'll stick to the stunts. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the PA is hollering for him. And he's like, Adam, <laughs> Mr. West, please. Like, can you get over here? We're about to film. So, uh, yeah, Adam, please. Mr. West, please. So it's such a such a strange thing that they picked Adam West. I mean, nothing. Not I'm not nothing against Adam West. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, yeah. fun fact, do you know what Batman's favorite fruit is? No. Banana, nana, 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 nana. Grapefruit. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other part was just a sound effect. Oh, God. <laughs> Adam would have laughed if he was here. Yeah, well, he's not here. Okay, anyway. he's, not. He's, he's not here. But you're, you're right. Adam West does fit the profile for kind of a slick James Bondy type. I, I, don't, I, I, <laughs> I just killed his spirit in one joke. Yes. Hi. Yeah. So, Hi. so let's talk a little bit about casting because uh, Adam West is surprise number one in the movie. Mm-hmm. For me, surprise number two is probably not surprise number two for you uh, because the, uh, is it Terry Bradshaw? No, it's not Terry Bradshaw. Okay. Cause that was a big surprise for me. Yeah, that was a surprise. But if you watch, uh, the, uh, in the movie, the, uh, the best friend of Hooper star of the movie is none other than Roscoe P. Coltrane. 
Yes, because they, uh, so James Best yeah, plays, James Best. Uh, and they were best buddies in real life, him and Burt Reynolds. Which I never knew that, and I think that's so cool that Roscoe P. Coltrane was best buddies with Burt Reynolds. Well, and what's really funny, they have all sorts of connections. So uh, he was Roscoe P. Coltrane in the Dukes of Hazard, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, and yeah. then uh, when they did the remake in 2005, Burt Reynolds was... Also, Sally Field not wearing a bra is one of the stars. <laughs> as distracting as it gets. Yeah, it's uh, um, <laughs> pretty, but, pretty distracting. Anyway, sorry, you were saying. <laughs> but Burt Reynolds actually played Boss Hogg in the remake it, of... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I... I read that and I've of never, I have never, I've never seen the remake because I have a lot. It life. was when Jessica Simpson was in her heyday. They were like, hey, yeah. we've got to get somebody who will look really fantastic in sexy cutoffs. And Jessica Simpson yeah. definitely fit that bill uh, as back then. I don't know what she's doing these days. I thought there were laws against, you know, like exploitation of the mentally disabled. Oh. I thought like you couldn't do that. <laughs> do you have to get somebody to sign off on that or something? Well, because I mean, she I famously lost track of what kind of protein tuna is on her reality show, <laughs> which is the only thing I even know about that. It was when she was married to Nick Lachey from 98 Degrees and she was eating uh, tuna out of a can. And she was confused because she was like, Nick, it, it says chicken on it. And he was like, no, it says chicken of the sea on it. And she's like, but it's it's not chicken. What is it? Like she was confused by the slogan on the tuna can. And how much money did she make? It, I know it's that unfair show. that we're stuck in our dinky studio, yeah, and meanwhile, I, yeah. she's like a multimillionaire. It's it life just isn't fair, Jason. I'm yeah, telling you, it really isn't. But uh, before we fall down the casting rabbit hole, we do have to share the synopsis of this movie for those of you who haven't seen it. Uh, I've seen it. I saw it a long time ago, so that's why I was surprised by some of the casting and whatnot. Because when I first saw it, I was too young to really appreciate yeah, and know who attention. a bunch of these '70s actors are. Yeah, but. So the synopsis is Sonny Hooper, Burt Reynolds, is getting too banged up to remain Hollywood's top stuntman, but he signs up as the stunt coordinator for a big budget action movie with a pushy director, Robert Klein, and a clueless star, who Adam looks West. Like, who looks like Oliver Stone. Uh, yeah. It like looks um, exactly like Oliver Stone. <laughs> apparently his character was a tribute to something, but um, ready to retire from the physical abuse, Hooper is gearing up to make the film's climactic stunt his biggest ever. But cocky young stuntman, Ski, Jan Michael Vincent, there he is. aims to steal the glory with his more scientific technology-oriented stunt methods. Boy, isn't it sad watching Jan Michael Vincent? Yeah, because you just you, you may have to fill yeah. people in on why that's sad. Well, I mean, it's like watching it's like seeing a train pull out of a station in New York, and you know by the time it gets to Los Angeles, it's going to be going off a bridge into a you know a valley. It's going to be bridge um, over the river, quieting it. It's going to be bad. Yeah. It's going to be really bad. Jan, Jan Michael Vincent, you know who? Well, because the official cause of death for him, for those who don't know, was cardiac arrest. But yeah. why was that, Jason? <laughs> That's the official cause of death for everybody. Yeah, I know. I mean, for Chris Farley and yeah. Chad Berg. If I, uh, if I cut off somebody's head, their heart stops there. Oh, cardiac arrest. <laughs> you know? I mean... I mean, yeah. Know, that's like a gimme. I could be a medical examiner if that's if that's the standard. But yeah, it uh, he had kind of a sad end to his life. Yeah, he, he was... He had a rough go for yeah, a long he, time, actually. He, he had... Uh, he was an individual who... Um, you know, he, I think it was by the time he was on Airwolf, it was pretty much a given. He was a pretty hardcore alcoholic. Yeah. And um, there was some other substance abuse in there as well. I yeah, want to say it, it got to the point on Airwolf where he, you know, they, they literally retooled the entire show. It's one of the strangest things to ever happen in the history of, of American television mm -hmm. is that you have this hit TV show 
where you have a cast, you have established characters, you have a storyline, and it goes for a few seasons. And then, you know, and the viewers, you know, back then you didn't have the internet. So it was just, oh, oh new season of Airwolf premieres tonight. I mm-hmm. saw a commercial for it. Yeah. And so you tune in one day and the entire cast is gone. Not Yeah, not just Jan Michael no, Vincent. Literally, everybody. they revamped the entire thing. And it's an entirely new show loosely based on the original Airwolf. It was uh, uh, Jerry Van Dyke, uh, Dick Van Dyke's son, came in, and he was like— I forgot about that. Yeah, and he like he was the <clears throat> brother, the long-lost brother oh, of, of, uh, of Jan Michael Vincent's character. Anyway, we could talk about Airwolf all night. <laughs> but anyway, Jan Michael Vincent— You can if, talk about Airwolf yeah, all night. <laughs> eventually, that story got pretty bad. He, I think he lost—he uh, had— uh, some disorder with his legs, the, the uh, peripheral artery disease. So they had to amputate oh. one of his legs. Yeah, I knew he had a leg amputated, um, it, it, but I never knew why. So oh, that's sad. I mean, I remember as a kid, I tuned into Skinamax one night. And there was, there, no, seriously, there was this movie. <laughs> of course. Yeah, well, you know. Of course it goes down and this rabbit hole. The, the first girl-on-girl scene I ever saw was in a movie <laughs> starring Jan Michael Vincent. Ew. Yeah, it was, it was, he was, but he, it was, I say starring and he was in it. He played this like, you know, creepy, like the pizza delivery guy. It was like a mad scientist or something. I don't even remember. He had long hair. Yeah. And you know, everyone was yelling at him and abusing him. And it was, it was, it was so pathetic. Oh my God. It was, it was just a paycheck. And you know, he would have been old by then, I'm guessing. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, Okay. And so to see him in this movie where he does a good job. And he plays a very likable, he's a good looking guy. He he does a good yeah, he's job. He's got acting. almost like a Tom Cruise kind of look. Yeah, I know he's older yeah. than Tom Cruise, obviously, but like he's got the kind of the same almost look that Tom yeah. Cruise had in the eighties. You wonder if Tom Cruise kind of modeled his look after I, that. Cause they look so similar. Oh yeah. Cause I mean the guy, you know, he, in fact, I think the first thing, maybe not the first thing, but one of the first things Jan Michael Vincent ever did was an episode of Dragnet. Um, if, if, if there's a, there's an episode, I think it's called the big LSD or the, okay. and there's like a kid who's attacked by, um, one of his friends who's tripping out by and, another Jan Michael Vincent you know, it's, it's calling it, all Jan Michael Vincent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's going to come up. Yes. But yeah, but it was, that was in 1968. Okay. You know? So, I mean, the guy, I mean, his career goes pretty far back to whenever he was, you know, a, a, a teenager. Let's see. And, um, you know, and, and he really, he did have, he had a, he had a good future. He was getting paid by the time he did Airwolf, he was oh, getting yeah. paid something like 200 grand an episode. He was super rough looking by yeah. the end. Like he didn't yeah. look anything like himself by the end. No. That's sad. Uh, but yeah, he was getting paid 200 grand an episode uh, to do Airwolf. And that was back when they did like 22 episodes a season. Yeah, so that was a huge paycheck. On how much money this guy was making. And he basically ends up, you well, know. Especially back in the like broke. 70s and 80s, because uh, even in this movie in 78, uh, they talk about doing the mega stunt toward yeah. the end of the film for $100,000, right. where Burke gets 50 and Jan Michael gets, Vincent gets 50. Yeah. And that was retire forever money, like pay off it, the it was, ranch and live in high cotton kind of money. It was money. About, about half a million. It was, about, yeah, it was about, about half a million in today's dollars, which actually makes another number even more significant because early on in Hooper, uh, you, uh, the director, you know, was talking to Burt Reynolds. Sorry, it looks like Jan Michael Vincent's first appearance ever was actually in the Hardy Boys in 1967. That's right. No, that's right. It yeah. was the Hardy Boys. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. No, that, th- yeah, I, yeah, I remember that now. 
No, but early on in the movie, there's a part where uh, the director is uh, not particularly nice to Hooper. And, you know, Hooper says, oh, I hate it when directors fall over me like that. Oh, uh-huh. slobber all over me. Yeah. Slobber oh, all yeah, over me. And, and, and uh, Roscoe P. Coltrane says, well, you know, if, you, <laughs> if your last movie made $100 million, you can do that. That was a reference to the to fact. Hal Needham. Yeah, that Hal Needham's first movie. Which Smokey and the Bandit. Smokey and the Bandit. It made $100 million. Now, do the math. So that means that Smokey and the Bandit made half a billion dollars in today's money. Especially when you consider that the budget for the entire movie oh. ended up being four million, but yeah. that's they only upped it by that million. Or no, it, what, to it pay ended Bert, up, right? Yeah, to pay Bert because yeah. he and this is crazy too. So speaking of all these numbers and what it would you know translate to today, because uh, originally Jerry, um, uh, I don't know, Snowman. Oh, uh, Jerry Reed. Jerry Reed yeah. was supposed to be the bandit, but he got bumped to Snowman when Snowball. Bert... S- no, Snowball is Pam. Snowball is Pam. Oh, okay. Snowman. No, okay. no, 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 Sorry. No, no. Uh, <laughs> another Archer crossover, but Bert was on that show too. So, you know, um, Snowman was uh, bumped... From the Smokey-verse. <laughs> the, the Smokey multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I forgot about Hawk. But, uh, yeah. By the way, so that's, that's Sally Field's uh, oldest actual kid. kid right there. Craig. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's her oldest son. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know if she and Bert were together just at this time because they were they were together for like yeah, five still, years. Yeah, they were still dating. But this is her kid by another man. Well, I mean. I mean, it was the 70s. So, you know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so, yeah, when Bert came on for Smokey and the Bandit, a, a million of that four million yeah. went to pay him. Right. So. Because he but was, was literally an, the, the yeah. biggest star in the world for a yeah. long time. But it was a hell of an investment because that one million turned back, you know, a hundred times over. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, and a franchise. So, yeah, and a franchise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. No, it's so um, you've got people who at the time were really sort of household names. You have Hal Needham. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got um, uh, Jerry. Uh, what, what are you handing me? Oh, Sally Field. Well. Uh, yeah, James Best. I mean, everyone back then knew who James Best was. Especially you know? since he had appeared, uh, another nod, uh, in several Jimmy Stewart movies. Yeah. And he actually does an impression of Jimmy Stewart in yeah. this movie when, uh, who is Burt Reynolds being? He's, um, uh, they're just doing impressions. In- That's whenever he, he gets, uh, drugged up, right? When he gets the shot in his back. No, it's when oh, they're on the like, set, they're in Sonny's trailer or whatever, and uh, he's just sitting there like, oh, yeah, well, Sonny, you know. Brian funny. Keith. Yes. Who is not Keith David. <laughs> okay. So in my head, when I see Brian Keith. Very different people. Yeah, I know. But I actually, <laughs> if, if you tell me that, oh, it's a movie starring Keith David, I have to go, wait, no, wait, was that Keith David or Brian Keith? He's the president of the motherfucking <laughs> United States. <laughs> yeah, like, wait a minute, which one is that? <laughs> and I thought, boy. Oh, my God. Keith David would have been great in this. <laughs> And who it would have does, been a very different movie. And who does he play? Not he, Keith David. <laughs> yeah, uh, he plays, uh, his. the character's name is... Uh, Jocko. Jocko. Uh, is it Jocko in the movie? It's, uh, I think he's billed toward the top. Yeah. I'm not Jocko sure. Doyle. Yeah, yeah. Jocko Doyle. Because the actual person was was Jacko. Wasn't it? it was, I think yeah, I just said it, it or maybe I got them backwards. Uh, so... Jock Mahoney. That was is Sally Field's Sally real Field. life stepfather. And you know what? I'm going to take issue with, uh, and and I know I did this on our Smoking the Bandit episode, but I'm going to take issue with the guys at uh, Family Guy because you know what? Sally Field was cute as hell. Oh yeah. So we've we've talked Come about on, this joke yeah. before, but there's one of those random little asides on Family Guy where uh, 
the bandit has given Stewie, he's hitched a ride with bandit across the state or something and Sally Fields in the passenger seat and Stewie goes, oh, thanks bandit. Uh, thanks. And, uh, good luck tapping that hot, hot Sally Fields <laughs> ass. And Bert goes, I'm not any happier about it than you and speeds off. And it's just like, where yeah, did that seriously. come from? Yeah. Sally Field Sally was cute. beautiful. Yeah. She was adorable. Yeah. And I love the El Camino. Oh, Forrest, I'm just dying. <laughs> the El Camino, the real star of the movie. Oh, uh, yeah. So the movie, the gist of it is, it's it's a story about, you know, a person who's in profession, whatever. It really doesn't matter. You could be a A, a profession cop. with a very limited shelf life. Yeah. And uh, he's getting old. And he's hurting a lot. Uh, the whole opening, the, the credit sequence of the movie is literally just Burt Riddle's putting on pads. Yeah. And, and getting ready to go out and do his job. Mm-hmm. And he, along comes the new kid who um, who is played by J. Michael Vincent. And his character is Ski. Um, I don't remember what his full name is. But Ski is, you know, the Ski is to Burt Reynolds what Burt Reynolds was to his mentor, Jocko. Delmore Ski Shidski. Yeah, Ski Shidski. <laughs> Delmore. Uh, I would go by Ski also if that was my name. I, I would go by whatever Burt yeah. Reynolds deemed me. <laughs> yeah, anything, I would not care. Yeah. Like uh, sort of the one of the facts I looked up is that Sally Field played his girlfriend in like four different movies. Like whenever they were in a movie together, they were in a relationship in the movie at yeah. least. And I was like, so many women would just die for that gig, myself well, included. God. <laughs> and it's interesting, too, because a lot of times when you see something like that, it, it's not a good thing. Like Clint Eastwood, uh, there was a similar thing. He had a long, a long-term relationship with Sandra Locke, the actress, mm-hmm. who ruined like five of his movies. Yeah, but you can't say she, that about Bert and Sally. No, they Sally, were that, always magical. Together. Yeah, Sally was great. Sally yeah. Field was great. But but uh, uh, you know, it, and it, it's interesting because it's the exact opposite of the Clint Eastwood Sandra Locke thing because she really was not a very good actress. And I always and, appreciate it when actors can recognize that they shouldn't shoehorn in their significant other. Like sometimes yeah. they get stuck between a rock and a hard place and don't have much of a choice. But yeah. like with Charlie Bronson, didn't they give him the option to cast his wife in death wish? And yeah, he, he, said the, no. he said no, because he didn't want the, the yeah. hooligans yeah, he did, yeah, he, uh, he sexually want, molesting right, her. Yeah. yeah. He didn't want Jeff Goldblum, you know, raping her. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, I mean, with I, bananas or something, oh if memories. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> I hate you, Adam. By the way. God. Anyway, um, but it, so the, so it's it's set up as sort of it kind of makes you think that's the point of the movie is that he's going to have the conflict is going to come from the direction of well I've got this new kid and he's chasing my, my who's tail. dressed like a Roman gladiator yeah, in a he, western set. <laughs> well, because they're doing this you know this thing yeah, for the for the for the young, uh, for, for the children's home. Yeah. And all the stuntmen are putting on a show for them. And it's cute. Cause Sally Fields kid, his scene is, uh, he gets on the back of like the guy who runs the charity or something. He's like, here, I'll pretend to be your horse. So get on my back. And he's like, he'll do a stunt. Shoot him, Bert. And Bert goes bang yeah. with his finger and pretends to kill the kid. And the kid falls down and uh, he's just like committed to being dead. He was like, okay, you're not dead anymore. Fine. You convinced <laughs> yeah. me you're a good stuntman. I'll come and do the stuntman show, whatever. But it's interesting though, because it sets up and you have even like, you know, this, uh, the first scene where, where Ski and uh, Hooper are together, you know, Ski shows up, he jumps out of a helicopter, he does this really incredible stunt. And then Beating they end up. Bert's record for yeah, jumping out of a helicopter at the same time. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, uh, 
Hooper is, uh, you know, he sort of connives his way into getting into this chariot race with He Steve. tricks one of the other stuntmen into going yeah. and putting on shorts because he's yeah. wearing like a Roman yeah. emperor's and he did, yeah. what if robe come, what with if it comes no, out? yeah. <laughs> what if like, it comes out, man? You're going to scare the kids, man. Go yeah. put on, he's like, go borrow a pair of my shorts. But, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. So he ends up racing Ski and ends up showing him up because, uh, On Dancer. His horse. Well, no, not on Dancer during the race because they both have the chariots with the pair of horses. And uh, Jan Michael Vincent's uh, chariot detaches from his horses and he winds up on their reins getting dragged through the Old West set. And Burke jumps on his horses and stops them to, you know, keep him from sustaining any damage. And and then Burke rides his horse over to, yeah, he he takes his horse over to uh, Jan Michael Vincent's El Camino. And uh, full has rampage him, has him has him take a dump in the, uh, in <laughs> Which, the driver's side. Uh, it, it is mildly uh, impressive that you can train a horse to do a number two on site because don't they just have to relieve themselves just like everyone else when they have to? Horses tend to shit pretty much all the time. <laughs> Constantly. I mean, that was we. Well, I was telling you before the show we spent the uh, the weekend at uh, Colonial Williamsburg this oh, yes. past weekend, and I'm sure it was super pungent. Uh, well, one of the things that, you know, we, we did a ghost tour, which, uh, you know. Uh, Look, I swear he looks just like Tom Cruise. Like when they <laughs> pan back to Jan Michael Vincent, whenever they do, just, oh God, remember the well, 70s when you used to like oh man, the get drunk and drive awesome, on purpose? Man. This is what we all did in the 70s. <laughs> and your car could but, sustain a, you know, a bumper bashing well, game. Yeah, you didn't care too much. It was well, and they were top, made out man. of metal back then. Yeah. yeah. No, but uh, what I was saying is we, we did a ghost tour in Williamsburg. And one of the things you had to deal with was the fact that because they have chariot rides or uh, not chariot rides, uh, carriage rides uh, all over. There's just horse shit everywhere. Oh, I can only imagine. There's just horse shit all Wear over the place. Wear shoes that you don't care yeah. about losing. But no, but you are absolutely correct because this is the best scene in the entire movie. Oh, it's fantastic. Hands down, the scene where they're driving to the bar where they're going to get even drunker and get into a fight with Terry Bradshaw, who's a SWAT and, team member. And the rest of his SWAT team. And the rest team. of the SWAT people. <laughs> but it's literally a bunch of people. Stuntmen and the women who are, it's you know, stunt, they're hangers yeah. on. Yeah, they're all. Well, and I, I mean, I guess maybe the women are you obviously don't ever stunt see... actresses in real life. In real life, yeah, yeah, but they're not playing stunt actresses. They're playing, like, uh, extras or yeah. whatever because uh, they're all scantily clad, and you never yeah, see yeah. the women do stunts beyond the actual, like, activity here in the yeah. race where they're jumping from car to oh, car yeah, going, going, like, 55 miles shit. an hour. Yeah, and it, it's such a great scene because <laughs> you're, you know, you're just, you're rooting for the people who are, obviously breaking the law and doing a bunch of crazy shit that in the real world, you would so want the cops to pull these people over and and arrest every one of them. And there's an ongoing theme where Bert is constantly fucking with lawmen. So in the beginning and the, the first instance isn't really his, he's ungovernable. Um, that's 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 Bert in the seventies, ungovernable. This is true. But yeah. um on the set, he's supposed to do a stunt with a dog where he's uh zip lining off of the roof of some building. And for whatever reason, the local like sheriff or yeah, whatever is make... there enforcing the rights well, of the said, animal. He said he was uh like the humane society, but he was in a uniform. Yeah, he's in like it a sheriff's really uniform, weird. and later he goes to try and arrest Bert and Jan Michael Vincent <laughs> because they're publicly drunk again and like but was that the same guy? Yeah, it was the same guy. So like it was kind of pointless oh, I didn't because even, I didn't even realize that was the same guy. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't make any sense for that officer in particular to have been on that set trying to enforce the legal rights of right. the animal. So well, or civil rights of the animal. But that that was sort of the thing, you know, in the seventies you could you could celebrate, you know, grown ass men going out and doing shit that's just 
you know, physically harmful oh, yeah. to others. Like, uh, but that and, was the thing. We, I mean, it was in the seventies. Do you know how many times I rode in the back of a pickup truck? Oh, about a billion. Even in the nineties, yeah, yeah, I did too. I mean, like, I rode in the back of a pickup truck because I'm, you and I were both born before the seatbelt law was enforced. Yeah, so, nobody gave it, but, or even drafted. Belts. Like, yeah. I remember uh, my cousins and I like climbing all over the back of my grandma's Mitsubishi, and then us suddenly feeling like she was a party pooper because we were like, "Oh, we have to sit down Aww. and wear a seat." Because when you're a kid, you know the seatbelt like cuts uncomfortably across oh, your yeah, neck you like or your chest, and it sucks. But uh, yeah, so this officer who initially pulls over the drunk drivers, they hitch him <laughs> in place it's so great. that he's going to fall and crash off of his motorcycle. Yeah. And they just have no respect for law enforcement, None which is just such a 35-year-old woman thing to say, I guess. But it, <laughs> well, they really yeah. could have gotten him killed. Like if a car had been coming when he fell off that motorcycle, he would well, have been toast. Well, well, then, and I think this is why, you know, th this is such a guy and this is absolutely a guy movie. I mean, this oh, is, this yeah. is this movie is made for men, hundred percent. Well, because you have Bert at the center, because you know, yeah. ladies will come and see anything well, with Bert Reynolds. Yeah, in well, it. you know, it's you know, women want and men want to be in. Yep, you know, the uh, ultimate yeah. man's man. Yeah, and uh, so they end up at a, at a uh, some kind of a, a honky, honky tonk, tonk. <laughs> which you know, in, in, where it, Elvis slash Elton John is entertaining yeah, on the piano. Yeah. It's the seventies, man. He's got like that. What part of California are they in? I have no <laughs> idea. I mean, they're clearly. They be in, I mean, they were driving by the coast. I, I don't know. They're clearly near Hollywood in this actual movie, but yeah. the sets and stunts and stuff were all over the place. It's like For Alabama. Instance, um, yeah, a lot of it was in Alabama. In Alabama yeah. um, and because it was filmed on the old location, uh, they called it Damnation Alley, which was a nod to another uh that was a jan michael vincent yeah movie. it was a jan michael yeah, vincent movie that he was a, in so that's a weird movie it's, the set where yeah. they do the mega stunt uh was actually called damnation alley and then the western stunt that they were doing the stuntman charity show in was actually the set of uh blazing saddles yeah, blazing saddles yeah and because they it was, a, it was like a universal backlot wasn't it or universal yeah, Universal. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, Universal it was where they filmed yeah. Blazing Saddles, but um, I'm trying there to he find is. it. Old, old Terry Bradshaw, he, he went to the same college as me. Did he really? <laughs> yeah, he's... <laughs> well, because I was we about to say that's more of a Mr. Brown connection, but now I didn't yeah. know that y'all went to the same college, because yeah. didn't he play in Pennsylvania, yeah, where he, Mr. Brown's from? Terry Bradshaw was, uh, you know, it was always a thing that it was like, you know, in the list of distinguished alumni, it was, do we mention Terry Bradshaw or not? Because God love him, he's... Uh, He's not a, he probably couldn't tell you a lot about thermodynamics. Um, <laughs> if, I would tend to doubt it. I, I, you know, but, uh, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, from what I heard, he was a nice guy. And he, and he ended up playing in Cannonball Run, either the first or the second yeah, uh, one. Uh, he was in Smokey and the Bandit 2. Smokey and the Bandit 2, yeah. He yeah. Was, yeah, he was in Smokey and the Bandit 2. He played I, himself. Terry and, Bradshaw. Yeah, he played yeah. himself. Um, but I love that. And when I say this is a man's movie, this scene is, is a perfect example of it. Because oh, 100%. Because you have two groups of guys, they're at a bar and they just start fucking with each other. Yep. And it's, you know, we're going to get in a fight. Well, cause Terry Bradshaw's upset with, uh, Jocko or yeah. right. Jocko. Um, yeah, they're making, well, the yeah, whole Jocko table. Doyle. Yeah, well, Jocko in particular is being too loud and Terry yeah. Bradshaw can't hear the 50 cents worth of music <laughs> yeah. that he put in the jukebox. So naturally, 
Bert's solution to that when confronted by Terry Bradshaw is to put on his stunt helmet and crash his head into the jukebox to retrieve the 50 cents. Yeah, yeah. What a strategy. I, what It must have been bad being an insurance agent uh, <laughs> in, the, in the 70s. You know, you definitely didn't want to insure any honky-tonks because no, they must God. have just gotten destroyed, you know, three times they, a week. Well, the girls that bartend there even allude to it or like the owners or whatever because they're like, well, guess we're not getting any profits again tonight. Like it, when the fight breaks out and the, like the whole bar gets destroyed yeah and they're just not upset about it like but they just take it in stride but what's great what i absolutely love though is that they have the 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 two groups of of people they get into this fight they're fucking with each other yeah they start throwing punches they start hitting each other with beer bottles they're throwing furniture at each other they're doing all this stuff beating the shit out of everyone it's literally designed and, it's a fight and, designed for stuntmen yeah it's a, yeah exactly because burt reynolds yeah. used to be a stuntman hal needham yeah. was a stuntman like everybody in this movie well, has I mean, some Terry affiliation an nfl player so, yeah I mean, it's, you know, it's get, designed yeah. for people who take hits professionally yeah getting hit you know, well, it's Terry Bradshaw. You can hit him in the head. It's really not going to do much. Oh, and um, before we leave the Wild the, West well, thing. Well, no, ahead. what I was going to say, though, is that, but at the end, they all get thrown through the window and they end up laughing about it and shaking hands. And they're all like, you know, impressed with each other for how they got, you know, the crap beat out of them. And they end up as friends. Well, and Sally and Fields. They, that's it. It's fine. They're friends. Sally Field <laughs> is almost portrayed as the nagging girlfriend, but she's really the voice of reason. She she's is, trying to yeah. get Sonny to retire because he had a surgery on on his back that the doctor said would have fixed anybody else up for life. But the fact that Sonny is a professional stuntman, he's like, if you were a horse, I'd shoot you because (laughs) the odds are against you. Like if you take another really bad hit in that same place on your back, you're toast. I love this part all here she, during the fight. She, she's she wants, protecting her steak. To- yeah, she just wants to eat her steak. Yeah. So all these men are like brawling all around Sally Field and she keeps like Here's adjusting Keith her. David. Yep. No, she keeps Brian Keith. Brian Keith. Damn it. <laughs> See, yeah, that's going to mess me up too. I'm telling you, it's, it's my brain can't process the difference. But like Bert lands on the table in front of Sally and she like lifts her plate off the table to get away from him. And then she even... Like she's grabbing for like the A1 sauce and uh, she, oh no, she smacks somebody over the head with some sort of steak sauce casual. bottle. Yeah, just like the uh, casual, you know. Oh, because you got to, you know, yeah. give Sally Field a little hit. That's, you know, it's cute. But at the end, she's like, let's just go home. Everything's <laughs> closed. We just had a steak dinner. And he goes, screw it. Let's have a party at yeah, my place. Yeah. And they're all BFF by the time it's over. She just wants to go to bed. Yeah. You know, and imagine. it's great because I mean, nobody's, there's not a drop of blood. <laughs> No. no one's bleeding. No. There's no bruises. It's all just stuntmen doing stunt punches and stunt kicks. And Bert getting flown yeah. over a piano. I mean, it's thrown over. Yeah. And uh, well, she saves the stack. Yeah. She saves it like four times. Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. great. <laughs> um, but no, the, <laughs> I do love that Brian Keith's character. When they go to throw him through the window, he's like, God damn it, I'll show you how to throw. I've been thrown out of this window since before you were born. That's not a knife. This yeah. is a knife. <laughs> like, and they think the bartender is going to settle the fight, I guess. And even yeah. the barmaids get in on it. Everybody's in on it. Yeah. Everyone's a stunt person in this scene. It's, it's ridiculous. Great. It's, it's just, it's fantastic. And, um, and like I said, then they're all friends and they end up back at Bert's ranch watching his, uh, his, uh, stunt reel. His clips from Deliverance, yes, actually. <laughs> which includes, uh, clips of him getting thrown out of the canoe at Deliverance, which I, I thought was, yeah, that, that was a cool touch. It was a very meta sort of, you know, sort of thing. Especially when you consider the irony of the fact that Bert, uh, insisted on doing that stunt in real life in the river uh the director was like okay bert we're gonna get one of those rubber dummies to go over the waterfall and he was like no no i'm gonna do it i'm bert reynolds and he wound up hospitalized for that yeah and they were like see 
And he was like, what did it look like in the shot, though? And they were like, it looked like a rubber dummy going over the river. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and it's just like, damn it. Yeah. But thanks for the effort. Yeah. But uh, before we leave the Western portion of it, because we're still in the honky tonk, the set they were shooting on was not only um, the set that Blazing Saddles used, but they... Uh, the villain in the Western stuntman charity thing was called Black Bart. And that was the working title for Blazing Saddles before they landed on the final title. Also the bad guy from another uh, famous movie. I think we've done it. It was the bad guy in A Christmas Story. Black Bart was the guy that Ralphie imagined. Oh my God, that's a deep cut. Yeah, it was Black Bart. I'd forgotten all about that. Yeah, he was the guy that Ralphie was going to shoot with his uh, Red Rider. Oh, that's uh, cute. Did the bouncer just like delicately lift Sally Field (laughs) over (laughs) so she could get out the window too? Yeah. That's awesome. Well, she's not going out through the front door, you know, but that's the best they can do. Well, and she plays the same sort of type of girlfriend every Burt Reynolds movie, it seems, because you mentioned this when we did Smokey and the Bandit, Jason, that... Sally Field doesn't really get uppity about the fact that Bert is a massive flirt and he's obviously oh. kind of a stomp around. Like he's always hitting on other women. And well, hell, there's like, a part in the movie when he, when, and I guess technically they're kind of on the outs when he does it, but when he's drunk as hell and he's telling the bar, he's the, hitting on a married woman in front yeah, of her in husband. Front of her husband <laughs> yeah. You know, Oh, there he goes. Deliverance. <laughs> but yeah. And even, uh, Jocko, the dad, uh, in the movie, he's like, Oh yeah, you're, I know you fool around and everything on her and I don't like it. Like, when are you going to make an honest woman out of my daughter? And so they've got some friction obviously oh, yeah, from the get go totally, in yeah. their relationship. And I love that this is like the measure of a tough guy. So everybody's wasted after the honky tonk and Bert's like, let's go back to my house. And of course they naturally they end just up, fall asleep. Everybody <laughs> yeah. falls asleep yeah. except for Jan Michael Vincent, Bert Reynolds and Jocko. Like, See, and, and that's what's interesting. And we'll get into this after the break, but the conflict of the movie isn't, you really expect it to be something between Bert and ski between uh, Hooper and ski. Yeah. Because even the but synopsis, it, it absolutely it seem, isn't. Yeah, well, especially since he and they don't really flesh this out. He supposedly has this little device that's going to help him calculate, you know, more <laughs> specific, yeah, more yeah. specifically engineered stunts. And it's like the, he's the stunt man of the future. Yeah. And but that kind of fizzles because he and Bert become like, oh, yeah, they become thieves. Yeah, they become I mean, it, it, it immediately, not immediately, but pretty much definitely mirrors the relationship that Hooper and Jocko have. Yes. Whenever Hooper was young Mm -hmm. or whenever Jocko was young. Because they say how Jocko was like the king of the stuntmen and, you know, Hooper clearly came along and dethroned him. Yeah. And he's still a stuntman and acting in Hollywood, but it's not to the same capacity. He's not the number one golden boy. Yeah. Jocko reminds me of my dad in this movie. Oh, like, like you see him like sitting in the chair, yawning right sort there. Sort of half asleep. That, that right there. <laughs> Jason's yep. dad, everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's the, replace that with a can of Miller Lite and you got my old man. There you go. And that makes you Jan Michael Vincent right there. Oh, <laughs> God. Sitting next to him. No, it makes me Burt Young. Reynolds. <laughs> well, Burt Reynolds no. isn't his kid either. That makes you Sally Field. <laughs> I, you know what? I'll take that awesome. <laughs> over being Jan Michael Vincent. And on that note. Because that's how big of a train wreck that was. <laughs> All right. We will be back in about one second. And we're back. Hi. So the real conflict. Yes. Uh, it's really Bert versus the, you know, inevitability of getting old. Yeah. Because, Man versus self, essentially. Yeah. Because like, he... He does injure himself because there is some friction between him and 
Ski, because Ski, like we said, busted his record for falling out of a helicopter without a parachute at right. the stuntman charity thing. He fell like 189 feet or whatever. And then yeah. uh, he asks, and there's a link to this too, that um, so doing that Adam West movie, Hooper basically decides that he's going to take you know, the official record away from ski again and yeah. actually break the world record. So, uh, he jumps like over, it's like 235 yeah, feet, 235 30, feet, no 32. So, yeah. and the interesting part about that is that the stuntman AJ Bakunas, who doubled for Burt Reynolds in Hooper did the drop of 232 feet, setting a record for the highest jump without a parachute. So they, that was an actual nod yeah. to the fact that he that broke shit, that record. Yeah. That shit is crazy. And I that's mean, where Hooper really does re-injure himself to the point where the doctor's like, yeah, if you were a horse, I'd shoot you because yeah. you you don't have a chance well, in hell. You shouldn't do any more stunts. You need to retire. Yeah, well, he specifically tells him what's going to happen is you're going to break your neck. You, you've done so much damage to your spine that the next big injury, you're going to probably end up paralyzed from the neck down. <laughs> he keeps like referring back to his penis. Yeah, well, he's, you know, I'm like any dude would. Because yeah. the doctor's like, yeah, even your ding dong won't work. He's like, well, if my ding dong don't work, I don't want to live anyway. <laughs> so, he's a classy guy, Sonny he, Hooper. And he's also faced with sort of a reminder of where, you know, all of this is going because uh, Jocko has a stroke. Yes, and that's and, kind of his hard dose of reality. Yeah, which, that's, which that's is, what makes it sit in. Well, that was a bit know. of a mislead because so uh, Tony, the short like PA guy. The dwarf. Yeah. Oh, and it's funny because Bert keeps making fun of him for yeah. being so short. I need you to give me a step ladder. Why? But, so you can climb up on it and kiss my ass. So there's a conflict <laughs> between, between the script writer and the director and the script writer has to he gets fired or like storms out. And so the director's like, okay, now I'm rewriting the whole movie. And now we have to have the biggest stunt that was ever made. Yeah. And, uh, they determine that the jump is going to be insanely long, like double what 300, 350 feet or something like that. that uh, they're going to jump a car over a ravine. Yeah. So the record, uh, they determined that they'd need a rocket car to do it in the first place. And, yeah. uh, the rocket car record is 187 feet and the necessary length for uh, the damnation alley stunt is 325 feet. Yeah. And so uh, they were like, Oh, you need the right, you know, amount of pressure. You need the rocket. You need this. Yeah. Like, and it's a two man job. Okay. And, I've got a calculator. Yeah. basically. <laughs> and it was, it's Jan Michael Vincent's yeah. idea. So uh, Hooper's loathe to back down. And so he demands, okay, if we're doing something this dangerous and really setting that big of a record, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars, 50 for ski yeah. and 50 for me. And when Tony at the behest of the director goes to convince Hooper to lower his fee for the stunt, uh, he lures Tony into his car and he's like, Oh, it's just another car jump. You say, huh? And yeah. he, he jumps the car off like a little hill. It's not a big deal for him, yeah. but it scares the living shit out of the PA. And, uh, he's like, no, never mind. You'll get your hundred grand. You'll get it. You'll get it. But that, uh, they crash and then next you see Sally Field just all dismayed and covering her face in a hospital hallway. So yeah. you think something really bad has happened to Hooper. Well, see, no, I, whenever I saw it, I thought, I thought that, uh, that Jocko had died. No, see, I thought see, it was I thought, like, I thought that's where that was going. I thought they were going to make it a Hooper thing, but then Jocko's the one who had the stroke and the, the way he phrases it is that he's like, yeah, now the rest of my years, Hoop, I'm just going to sit around waiting for something to heal that's no way to live. And so that really throws yeah. into sharp perspective the fact that Bert does need to retire from the stuntman yeah. game. 
Well, I mean, it's one of those things where you, you, you imagine what it must be like to be involved in a profession that you literally, okay, you better make your money because if you don't, um, you know, there's a, there's an expiration date. Oh yeah. You know, well, and, and, there and, is... and he, he runs right, right into that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's. To the you point know. where he's being, you know, less than honest with Sally Field because when she's upset about her dad having a stroke, he's like, listen, you know, I've got one big stunt left to do. I'm going to make, yeah, it's my you last, know, it's my last one. enough to pay off the ranch. It's going to be high cotton money. And then we're going to be sitting pretty, you and me. Yeah. It's great. And, uh, but he doesn't tell her just how dangerous the stunt is. It's yeah. not until that hundred K fee comes around to bite him in the ass because yeah. his buddy gets fired. Cully yeah. gets fired from the set. To, Roscoe P. Coltrane. Yes. Yeah. Cully gets fired from the set to accommodate that steep expense of the stunt that he and Jan Michael Vincent are going to do. Yeah. And Cully gets drunk on Burt's tequila and then lets it slip just how dangerous the stunt is. And yeah. that's where the big conflict between him and Sally Field pops up. Which I almost, it was weird because when I saw that, I almost thought, you know, did Cully do that? Was was that sort of a weird way of him just trying to save Bert's life or save Hooper's life? I think so because you know, they're, they're like best if, I, pals. if I can get if I can get Sally Field to be really pissed off, and she finds out about he'll it, he'll be mad at me for a while. But yeah, it's worth but he'll it. Know, look, I was drunk. You know, in, in this yeah. in this in this world with you know this group of friends, we understand. You know, sometimes you get drunk and something happens. So you know, you're not going to hold it against him forever, right? Uh, you know, and even when he is, I mean, I think that's part of the reason uh, he got wasted, along with the fact that he knew Hooper was going to wind up hitting him, and it probably wouldn't have hurt as bad when he did. Yeah, I mean, and, that's what he said. If he had been mad, it would have hurt more. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And uh, so, but but I see. <laughs> And it's interesting, too, because it's like they fire him. And I almost got the impression that it was like they fired him not to save money, but like to get back at Hooper, you know, like, fine, you know, you you strong armed us into. Well, probably you know, it's know. kind of a dick swinging contest because, you know, he did uh, you know, kind of threaten the PA guy with yeah. that craziness on the is, set. And is Adam West in the movie at all from this point on? Uh, I don't think he is. He's like gone from the movie now. After they did that second James Bondy kind of stunt, I think he disappears because there's no call for him anymore. Uh, no, he's like he's in the the scene where Jam Michael Vincent does the rappelling, you know, down the side of the building. No, yeah. he's, no, wait, he's not even in that, is he? If he is, uh, it's very, very briefly. If he is, yeah. he's like got a ski mask on or something. Yeah, it's something like that. I don't know. And it's, it's, a, it's and it, I do think it's kind of cool that they have uh, Adam West, like he has a mustache and his hair is done in a way because he's got to look a little bit like Hooper to make it make sense that Hooper is the stuntman Which for is that backwards actor. considering the stuntman yeah. usually has to yeah, look yeah, like so the they actor. Made, they yeah. made the lead actor look like the stuntman. That's hilarious. And, and that look actually, he kept that look for a while. Uh, in fact, uh, in his, uh, I believe, Oscar-nominated performance for uh, in Zombie Nightmare. <laughs> I think that was uh, nominated <laughs> okay. for an Oscar. I mean, uh, didn't I think it that win was like best four picture. for Best Picture, it's Best Score, yeah, Best I mean, Leading was, Man? Like. Uh, well, yeah, well, the leading man was John Micklethor. So... Uh, <laughs> Um, who, you know, um, yeah. Uh, who did but, the music also, uh, basically it's the <laughs> oh, same. Oh, it wasn't Hans, Hans Zimmer. <laughs> no, it wasn't Hans Zimmer. But, yeah. It was going to be Hans Zimmer, but then they opted for John Micklethorpe. But speaking of that, you know, just seventies Burt look, uh, and the fact that Sean Connery looked identical to Burt Reynolds in Zardoz, it was a very seventies <laughs> yeah. look, but yeah. hot take. 
Burt Reynolds, infinitely sexier than Sean Connery. Sorry, ladies. I just angered like half the population. I mean, I don't really have a dog in this fight, <laughs> but um, I, if I had to choose which one I would rather look like, it would be Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah, it, it would It would absolutely be Burt Reynolds. Oh, um, well, and personality-wise, too, he just seems he like is. a... F- Hitt- hitting on the bartender or the, uh, the barmaid. <laughs> the barmaid, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Burt Reynolds, I think... I can't remember if he's one of the ones you've mentioned previously, Jason, but... uh, Sorry, watching this scene, I had one burning question. What? Did Bert make that little sculpture or did someone else make it for him? I I, hope he made it. I I hope that Bert made the little sculpture, but you never know. You know, did he just show up and, you know, somebody already put that on the the bar for him, but I really hope that Bert did that himself. I don't know why. I would like to think that he did because imagine it's like a slow day on set and he's got kind of a, you know a rascally sense of humor anyway. And so he's like, oh, I'm bored. I'm just going to make this out of straws. Like, yeah. I can so see him doing What's that. What's the shit you do when you're, you know, drunk by yourself at a bar? Which and I'm is willing never, to bet he never... was at least a little drunk for this scene. Oh, uh, for this yeah, scene. I'm yeah. pretty sure a lot of the time, you know, a, a lot of the cast had a few. It was probably you know. a pretty accurate reflection of how the stunt people were and how Burt was back in the 70s. But I, I mean, he's sitting there just flagrantly hitting on the barmaid. And yeah, he's had a row with Sally Field, but... The, his first instinct when he goes to the bar is, hey, you know, barmaid, why don't you and I go somewhere and jump each other's bones? Yeah, and then yeah. she's like, well, you know, first, uh, there's this reason. And then second, my husband's kind yeah. of right there. Yeah. yeah. And I love how they just find the whole situation so amusing. Well, it's like you said, in their <laughs> yeah. crew, that you get drunk, you say yeah. something stupid, yeah. you do something stupid. But so then it's just forgiven. He yeah, was drunk. He didn't mean it. Yeah, because the know. husband comes up and he's like, all right, I know that if you're hammered enough to be hitting on my lady right in front of me, it's <laughs> time for me yes. to call you a cab so yeah. and that I'm was not it a cab <laughs> i'm not a cab yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh so he's he's sort of facing you know he's facing the you know <laughs> the the getting drunkenly falls, falls off, off his, his ass <laughs> you know and you know he he's dealing with the fact that he can either continue to sort of fight this uh you know this this losing battle against time and lose sally field mm-hmm or he cannot and keep Sally Field, but, you know, he ends up choosing to go ahead and do the stunt. And in his head, Sally... Well, they kind of strong arm him into doing it. So what ends up yeah, happening yeah. is that um, uh, he does back out because uh, he's got the the big tiff with Sally Field. And then the producer on the picture, uh, who's played by John Marley, his name is Max Burns in the movie, Max sides with Bert when they go up against the director and he's like, it's just a stunt. No stunt is worth any right, man's yeah, life. And yeah. then the studio puts the screws to the producer yeah. and he's like, you know, Hooper, you can walk away from this. I can't like, if I get fired off of this or if this gets wrecked, I'm never yeah. going to work in this town again. Yeah. And at first they make fun of that because that's kind of the threat in Hollywood where, Oh, I'll make it. So you never make another picture. Yeah. You'll never work again. But then he faces that reality. And instead of getting Max fired, Hooper laments and, you know, says he's sorry. And he's like, okay, I'll do the stunt. Sorry. And so he ends up being the second person in the car, like taking care of the like actual rocket device that they need to make the jump. Yeah. The, the, the device, the, the car they use to, to make the jump on, on, uh, damnation alley. Mm -hmm. Um, it requires one person to operate the engine, Mm -hmm. the the rocket engine. So ski and, and, Oh no, wait, no, Bert, Bert's Bert's on the rocket and then then, skis driving the car. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really, you know, it's interesting because 
<laughs> Even yeah. Bert's horse respects his ride to get laid. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> but I mean, Bert's horse drinks beer. You know. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, we didn't mention yeah. that he comes home and uh, Sally yeah, Field brings him, Dancer a beer. Coors, you know, and I love that it's Coors. You know, like well, you know, yeah, call back to he Smokey just the got Bandit. back from the other side <laughs> yeah. of, the, of the Mississippi. Yeah. Well, uh, that's the funny thing is that they're they're supposedly in California and they're all drinking Coors. So apparently, it wasn't that hard to get it. No, no, no. It was hard to get it in the oh, east, that's right. it was, not the west. They right. had to that's go right. west that's of the Mississippi right. and bring it back yeah. to the east side. Yeah, yeah. The boys are thirsty in Atlanta. Get it together. Yeah. Sorry. Um, no, but it's funny. Have there's you ever o- seen Oliver Stone? Yes, <laughs> young Oliver Stone. <laughs> that was actually a, a nod to some specific director. Uh, he was actually based on. Um, I have to find him, but yeah, they they really had a specific look for how the director was supposed yeah. to act and behave. Uh, and, but, oh, did you know what the original, or excuse me, the Danish title for this film is? No. <laughs> I can't even try to pronounce it, uh, but it translates into English as rough skin over the entire body. <laughs> and I'm like, it was a proper, na- it, it was, was his name. name. You couldn't just leave it as Hooper? Yeah. Like, I understand how Dr. No got translated in Japan to say no to your f- physician, but I don't understand why this change so dramatically it doesn't doesn't really make any sense because you're right it is a proper name so you could just say you know i yeah it's it's idiotic it doesn't make any sense yeah uh okay yeah so director roger deal robert klein's last lines about the film being little pieces of time are a paraphrase of remarks by peter bogdanovich 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 thank you in fact the director character was based on bogdanovich okay okay yeah because you know nobody knew who oliver stone was at this time yeah i can't pronounce Um, that last name sorry (laughs) sorry (laughs) well so we we get to the point where you know ultimately the entire movie is really just sort of a series of hijinks until and there's a loose thread going through it of this you know aging concept you Mm -hmm. know dealing with the you know the 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 fact that he's he's too old to do this stuff. He really is legitimately I'm too, too old, old for the shit. <laughs> yeah, he is. He can't keep doing this. No. And so he wants to go out with And it's not even that he's too old, yeah. it's simply that he's too injured himself. Yeah. yeah, like he's too, he's too piecemeal. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's well, I'm going to go out with the crowning achievement of my career uh breaking this record. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about mm-hmm. it is that he, you know, you imagine somebody who's, who's been doing something his entire life. He's the best in the business and he's going to go out doing the most ultimate thing in his industry ever. Until and, the next and, person comes along well, and breaks the record. Yeah, but, like, that, but, but the thing is though, the person that he takes with him is the young guy who is effectively beginning his entire career. And it's sort of Hooper's legacy. Great, yeah. Well, well, he's beginning, Jan Michael Vincent's character is starting his career with, by doing the greatest thing that the industry has ever done ever by the best who's ever been in the industry. Yeah. So it's a pretty damn good way of setting up your protege. Yeah. Yeah. Jan Michael Vincent turns into Hooper's legacy Or, or there's nowhere else to go, but down. Which is sort of an an ironic twist when you think about what happened with Jan Michael Vincent, you know, you're the highest paid actor in television. Yeah. There's nowhere to go, but down and down is where he went. And, you know, I mean, hmm. there you go. But, That's you know, impressive. Roscoe's still there. So that counts. Well, yeah. I mean, know. it's awesome. Uh, but, yeah, Roscoe apparently taught Bert how to act. <laughs> Which is hilarious to me. I have love you, that. Have you seen the clip? Uh, Sorry if, if I repeated that back, but it's true. Have you seen the clip going around about um, uh, Bert talking about Clint Eastwood? 
No. <laughs> I don't know who was interviewing him, but uh, this showed up on like my Instagram feed um, a while back. And they're talking about Clint Eastwood. And he says something like, well, what is, you know, like, were you ever around Clint Eastwood whenever he was, you know, like, was Dirty Harry just a thing that he made up or was he really like that? And Bert was like, no, he was really, I mean, you know, he, he had a lot of Dirty Harry in him. I can see that. And he tells a story about he, uh, Bert Reynolds and Clint Eastwood are at a bar. Did someone mention Dirty Harry? Aww. That's my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> well, when we do that movie, you can say something. <gasps> I would love that. <laughs> so no, they're they're out they're out drinking at a bar somewhere, and um, this woman uh, goes up to Clint Eastwood and she starts talking to him, and uh, she ends up pouring her drink on Clint Eastwood. What? Why? And Eastwood just goes full dirty Harry, and he like he takes her, he they he he hauls her outside. Hails a taxi, opens the back door of the taxi, throws the woman in the back of the taxi, closes the door, hands the driver a hundred bucks and says, take her somewhere. Oh my God. I was afraid <laughs> then, that was going to end so much worse. No, like then, he was going to slap her or something. Yeah, I, he might have hit her. He definitely rubbed her like. So then he comes back in the bar and he goes, who the hell brought her? And Burnell says everybody's just sort of looking down. Nobody brought her. And, uh, you know, then Eastwood sits back down next to Burt Reynolds and he's like, Burt, you think that was a little bit too much? <laughs> <laughs> See, that makes me think he didn't hurt her, like just maybe dragged her out. <laughs> you know. but, no, because clearly that question was designed for him to trap somebody into admitting that they did bring her. So that is the person he could punch. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. they all knew that and they weren't. Oh, no, but for no, it. I've never seen her before in my life. <laughs> oh, fun fact. So Bert's working out in this scene. And guess what? He's wearing a Florida State University shirt. And that's his alma mater. Yep. He was a star quarterback. Like, can you imagine you know, seeing Burt Reynolds playing football back in the day? And of course, he did. It play. explains the longest yard. Well, yeah, which is one of the. It, that is, I'm going to brook no arguments on this. The best sports movie ever made, uh, The Longest Yard. That that's just that is such a fucking good movie. See, I'm such a fan of Mystery Alaska, but you know, but the longest Longest Yard is just, it's an awesome movie, and it's great too because it's, that's one of those movies where you see uh, a character. A beloved character from my childhood, uh, Eddie Albert, who I knew from Green Acres, and he mm-hmm. plays the fucking villain. Yeah, and which he, is bizarre. And like, he plays an absolute fucking villain mm-hmm. in that movie. He does, and you know it's, it's you know we we talk about we do these this seventies thing, and it is really weird watching these movies that were for me you know Saturday afternoon flipping through the channels. TBS is playing Hooper. Yeah. You know, or Smokey I think that's where I first saw it. Honestly. It was probably TBS. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like these movies were just sort of part of the background growing up. Yeah. You know, and. And these are movies that my dad would actually show me, too. Like, we'd oh, yeah. sit and watch them together because, oh, yeah. you know, it's Absolutely. an action movie about stuntmen. Of course he loves that movie. Yeah. Uh, and it's just so cool, like, seeing the things that are, you know. Again, it's sort of like we talked about, I think, in, I think we said this in the Precinct 13 you know, just this sort of slice of life kind of thing where it's just you see little things that people are doing, just normal things. Yeah, like Robert uh, yeah. Klein's lines. Uh, it's little pieces of time yeah, is little, what he yeah, says. Yeah, little pieces of time. I actually yeah. thought of you and wrote that down in my own notes when I heard that because I've heard you say slice of life. about yeah. You said it about Wonder Boys for sure. Yeah. Uh, because as Robert Ebert or Roger Ebert reviewed that movie, he said it's got drugs, alcohol, um, uh, but sex. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> a dead dog, you know, infidelity, but it's yeah. not about any of those movies. No, it's not. Or any of those things. It's about the people in yeah. the movie that are committing those sins. Yeah. Like, so it, 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 you know, it's a slice of life. And you, at the end of the day, you want to see the catharsis. Everybody yeah. come back to zero. And, and I am, I am telling you this at some point I am buying a cowboy hat. I, I, Do you not have a cowboy head? You know, I don't. Because, Do you not? Because my head is so huge. That, <laughs> Get no, a ser- 10 gallon hat. Seriously, I mean, buying a hat is, is that's just a. It's an ordeal. It, it, it's an ordeal for me. I bought it's, you one it, once yeah. for a prop for the, for the show. It, I got you the largest <laughs> yeah, one they sold and it still didn't No, fit. <laughs> no, it's, it, it, it's a blessing and a curse. Wah, wah. Um, well, when you have a very thick skull, you know. You got a huge yeah, brain. Yeah, yeah, I wish. Not that that translates to intelligence. No, but, but I, am, I, I am. I'm, you know, and I was going to get the Clint Eastwood hat from um, from uh, Pale Rider, but now I'm looking at Bert's okay. hat. I'm thinking Bert's hat looks better. That's It's just an awesome look. Yeah, I actually know? wore a cowboy hat when we did Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. That was fun. And I uh, got to wear a fake mustache, if memory serves. I think so, yeah. <laughs> yes. Now, you notice Ski being a... a New, you know, representing the new generation, doesn't wear a cowboy hat. No, you know, he's Mister. You know, he's he's again. He's got the Tom. He's Cruise got the Tom thing. Cruise yeah, hair Tom for Cruise. sure. He's even dressed like Tom Cruise in this. Yeah, he looks like Tom know? Cruise in Top Gun. At one point, I, yeah. he was even wearing aviators, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was like the the TV version of uh, of Tom Cruise, which is weird because he did a lot of movies, but I just always thought of him as a TV actor. Yeah, but he really did do a lot of movies. It's just it was weird the movies that he was in. Never took off, yeah, really. Well, it, it's like, uh, what was the movie? He was in a movie with Sybil Shepard, uh, the, Ret- the Return, which is like a science, oh, okay. a science fiction movie. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that when they made it, you know, they cast good actors, except Sybil Shepard, who is possibly <laughs> the worst actress <laughs> in the history of acting. Slam on Sybil Shepard out of nowhere. Sybil Shepard is... Uh, I, she guest starred on uh, Psych, that uh, USA show. Mm-hmm. Uh, about the I fake, never watched the it, psychic. but the fake psychic guy. Yeah, it was a good yeah. show. I liked it. Um, you know, it was yeah, it was fun. I dated a guy who really liked that show. But, I just never got around to watching it. But she played, a, she had a minor recurring part on the show. She played uh, the main character's mom. And I defy you to watch her performance in episode after episode of that show and tell me she's not the worst actress in history. I don't know. There are plenty have, of bad actresses she, out there. Yeah, she's like Loretta Swit on fucking um, you know, uh sedatives. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 fucking terrible. Um oh here it is. They're fucking with the company. Oh yeah, and plus like doesn't Bruce Willis hate her? They've like despised so. each other yeah, on moonlighting I, I or something. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well and she was kind of bitter because Bruce Willis went on to be, you know, superstar. Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah. And, and Sybil Shepherd, that was kind of the end. But, but the thing is, kind of like with Burt Reynolds and Clint Eastwood, if they're sick of your shit and if Bruce Willis doesn't like you, I'm probably not gonna like you either, because that probably means you're a shitty person. You were probably unreasonable to work with. <laughs> By the time Clint throws you in the back of a taxi and <laughs> yeah, pays to yeah. haul your ass out of there. Yeah, because uh, I'm there to have a beer with Bert, just like you know Mel before his crack up. Right, and, yeah. Uh, but luckily, he helped get our DJ straight, so he's done some good in Hollywood. But those are the kind of guys that you've always said I oh, want to have a beer Mel, with man. that yeah, guy. I, I'd have a beer with Mel Gibson right now. Oh, yeah. Hell yes. Uh, yeah. Mel, Mel Gibson to Mel, me. Mel, I mean, call me. Yeah, I mean Mel's like if if we still had Burt Reynolds with us, you know, like it's that level. Yeah. You know. But the, what I was saying though with Jan Michael Vincent, it was like you look at a person whose career is almost defined by just picking the wrong projects because 
Well, like in movie after movie, it's like he he does a good job. And he's, he's a good actor, but the movies are so forgettable. Well, unfortunately, that Except Bert this. had a really rough streak of that happening too. Which movie did well, you say like it was where the, he was like, it wasn't 80s? just one, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what movie in particular where he was like, yep, that was the one where I lost the fans. Oh shit. I do remember that, but I, I don't remember which, but he, which I mean, movie it was, but he, yeah, he said he lost the fans. He was the biggest star in the world for the longest time. And yeah. then just like, it's like you said, he just sort of took a decline in the eighties to the point where I think he finally leaned into that in a good way. That's why otherwise yeah. I don't think he would have ever wound up on Archer no, making he, fun of his yeah. own, you know, life. Like, well, and he, he not was that on, they even made fun of him on that, on that episode either. Yeah. I mean, he was on, he, he sort of had a TV Renaissance with, um, and I'm, I don't, I'm blanking on the name of the show. Um, Hawk. God, no, no. He, 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 he was I on, forgot about Hawk. <laughs> he was an in he was part Indian. He was part Indian. Right. <laughs> Operation CIA. There wasn't an airboat in that, Vader. That movie was god awful. <laughs> I love yeah, that he, Bert I love that Burt Reynolds ripped on his own movie. Well, and I doubt if he had not Evening Shade. Evening Shade. Uh, oh, was the I name didn't of the even know about that one. Yeah, no, and he, so he sort of had a TV renaissance. Well, and yeah. I probably wouldn't have been introduced to him as early in life as I was if that had not happened to him because I don't really see 1978 Burt Reynolds doing a kids movie where he's playing Charlie B. Barkin, right, like in yeah, All Dogs Go yeah. to Heaven. That was just that was what was available, even well, though Don DeLuise was in it. Yeah, and uh, Boogie Nights was a big part of his renaissance too because mm -hmm. that Boogie Nights introduced an entirely new uh, generation, a whole new audience to Burt Reynolds. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was, I mean, that was a really big, you know, moment in his career. Cause that's, it's sort of like, you, you know, with a Sean Connery or a Burt Reynolds or, you know, you have an actor who gets to a point where they don't need to keep working. They don't need to impress anybody. All they have to do is just avoid really obviously bad movies. Well, I mean, you know. even Sean Connery had some, it, well, yeah, I think he, he was more, you know, financially motivated because mo nobody would have expected him to be in the <laughs> Kevin Costner Robin Hood, but he was for like five seconds and got paid an obscene amount of oh, money yeah. for it yeah. for one day of filming. He gave it away though, didn't he? I want to say yeah, so. I think, I think Sean uh, Connery donated the money he made for that. But eventually, to, to you, like a charity or something. If you play Over it to right, like a whiskey distributor. I don't know. <laughs> but if you play it right, uh, kind of like with, uh, I saw Ludacris in concert a couple years ago, uh, opening for the Black Eyed Peas, which made absolutely no sense, save for the fact that you're like, oh wait, he earned twenty thousand dollars for an hour of work instead and, of four hours of work. And like, for those of you who listened to our last episode and heard the exact same story, oh, have I told this again. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's, no, it's but okay. it's the same it's okay. sort of deal though. Like if you're like, oh. I'm getting paid 25 million for one day of shooting. That's yeah. awesome. I'll do that. Even I, though it's a crappy project. That's, yeah, a that's certain, my point. At a certain point, it's just, it's dollars, you know, it, it's, you know, look, how much time do I want to invest in this to make the money? You know? Yeah. And if they'll pay me, I mean, for God's sakes, I mean, Harrison Ford is going to be in, in a, in a Marvel movie now. What? Yeah. You know, at a certain, no. at, at a certain point, it's just, you know, oh, another dump trunk full of money shows up and okay. Well, you know. and I was amazed because my dad is a huge indie fan and he saw both the new indie and the new Mission Impossible. And he said he liked the Mission Impossible better, which I would I, never have expected out of my dad because he's like, oh, don't they have like 40 of those movies now? Like, And I was like, yeah, same no, thing I, with Indiana Jones, dad. And he was like, yeah. No, but, they've got a lot more Mission Impossible. No, I know. Yeah. But he, it's the same argument, yeah. though. And I was like. Well, it's weird. Like, I saw the first Mission Impossible in college, I think. 
I mean, they've been making those movies for. I was, uh, it came out in the late nineties. So that means I was fresh double digits when the first one came out. And that is the, actually the only mission impossible that I've seen. The first one. I saw the first one and that was the only one I saw. The latest one was actually pretty cool, even Uh, though it was literally like, Hey, let's see what crazy thing we can get Tom to do next. Or what crazy thing does he want to do next? Well, which is sort of what we're watching right now. Yeah. But at least (laughs) this is poking fun and like giving a clear and like actual factual image of what life is like for a stuntman. Yeah. It, even though it's, you know, told with kind of a facetious tone, it's, there's still a threat of death in this. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. I mean, there, it, there are a lot of people who, um, particularly on, on TV, <clears throat> um, there's a lot of times you'll see an actor and they'll show up. Um, there's an actress that, that I'm a fan of, uh, Patricia Tallman. She was on Babylon 5. And you like Babylon five. I know <laughs> surprise <laughs> if for all the other yeah. episodes where you've heard that yeah, Jason loves say. Babylon five, but Jennifer Connelly was never on it. So, uh, cause <laughs> so if that not, had happened, it would have been far from know, perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for that reason, <laughs> it's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> no, but, but Pat Tolman, um, loved her as an actress on, uh, Babylon five, but 90% of her career is she's a stunt woman, you know? And, really? and, so, and, and, uh, you'll see that like, uh, you know, in Star Trek, you'll see, uh, there'll be an actor who shows up in an episode and they have a good, you know, decent part and you never see him again. And you think, Oh, whatever happened to that one actor who did that one good job. And well, as it turns out, they're stunt performers, especially because stunt performers as the industry evolved, they actually had to develop some acting skill because the closer you get to the actor, I mean, they do have to look remarkably like the person that yeah. they're emulating. And like it, it used and to if be you can kind do of, that. If you can look like an actor and be a stunt performer, you're I mean, Tom you've, Cruise. Got, you've got a job for life. Yeah. Well, Indy. Um, yeah. um, so Harrison Ford actually wrote a we at the uh, climax of the movie. He wrote an autograph to his stuntman from Indiana Jones. And he said, uh, whatever the guy's name was like, Hey Steve, if you ever learn to talk, I'm in huge trouble. Yeah. So to your point, yeah. yeah like if stuntmen like had the same level of acting skills, I mean, just like Burt Reynolds, yeah. he did a ton of his own stuff. Oh, yeah, not absolutely. all of them by any stretch of the imagination, it's but such an interesting scene because they get to the point where they're going to do the huge 350 foot jump and J. Michael Vincent, who's got that squinty, he almost has a Clint Eastwood vibe. In this, in a this little moment. bit, yeah. And he, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he, and he, I'm not going to do it. The car's not going to make it. It's and not worth my life. It's not worth my Hooper. life. Bert basically convinces him. Yeah, it is. He's like, your <laughs> it's life totally is, worth his your exact life. line is something yeah. like, your life is worth fifty thousand yeah. dollars. And and there so, it goes. Yeah. yeah. Because it, it's so funny that Bert is his own worst enemy in this entire scenario because he has the common sense to say, to even take his star power out of the equation so that even Ski isn't going to be able to risk his right. life. He's doing the really, you know, the big guy's, you know, decision, and that's yeah, great. Yeah. But then, you know, it becomes such a situation for him. Like the, the whole movie's going to shut down. Both of his friends are going to lose their jobs. Like yeah. it, he does get kind of strong armed into it. And he's like, no, yeah, your life is worth 50 grand. Let's yeah. do this. And he so, does. And you know, we have this moment where it's, Oh my God, Bert Reynolds is going to die. You think he he's like but comatose he's in the passenger seat. Yeah. And of course, you know, he, he does yeah, his Bert fine. Reynolds laugh. <laughs> yeah. He's fine. <laughs> for like the 90th time yeah. in this particular movie too. No, interesting though. Uh, going back to the stuntman thing and the career for life, uh, LJ actually, his parents used to go to a church in um i think they were in rockwall where Texas. is this going <laughs> and one of the people who went to the church was the uh chuck norris's stunt double from uh 
Well, he he was Chuck just, Norris doesn't have a stunt double. Chuck Norris, I hate to tell people he has a stunt double. Uh, imagine how tough that motherfucker is. Seriously, <laughs> the guy that when Chuck Norris says no, it's not worth it. That's who. That guy steps in. That's who really <laughs> yeah. killed all the dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the guy who really, on the day he was born, drove his mother home from the hospital. <laughs> When Alexander Graham, that one I've never yeah, heard. I when Alexander it. Graham Bell invented the telephone, he already had two missed calls from Chuck Norris. <laughs> uh, um, Jan Michael day. Vincent but wears no, Chuck Norris pajamas. Yeah, <laughs> but no, he. Uh, but yeah, he was the. And um, if he was Chuck Norris's stunt double in Walker Texas Ranger, was, uh, I'm sure he was a stunt double for other movies Which, also. Do you know? But who just the, what a career though. Yeah. Like you, you're a stunt actor who bears enough of a resemblance to Chuck Norris mm -hmm. that you just go and you do all the stunts on all of his movies. Do you know you who's know? playing the new Walker, Texas Ranger on the revamp? I didn't know they were doing a revamp. You want to know who's Walker? Jared Padalecki. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, which is a great choice, but you brought him up um, in wait, House wait. on Haunted Hill because Adam was talking uh, to you about the boys. Okay, I, I, I hate to say this, and, and all you Supernatural fans, don't yell at me. I did watch a lot of it. I, liked I did. It. I watched I liked a fair it bit for of a it. while until I got tired of it. Well, there's too was much he, of a repeat. Like, was Jared Padalecki... Padalecki. Padalecki. Was he the... Which one was he? He's Sam. So what's... Okay, so... Which one was he? Going, the tall one. <laughs> Long of the two hair, brothers, long, long hair. hair, yeah. So, oh, the, he's Walker. What's fun? Yeah, he's Walker. Oh no, the other you're, one. You're the other... thinking about Jensen Ackles because Adam was talking yeah. to you about the boys, Jensen and you're like, yeah. you're like Jared Padalecki, and no. then we brought him up again on House on Haunted Hill because you yeah. thought House of Wax was like you were like, there's a yeah, Paris Hilton yeah. remake. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, uh, uh, Jensen Ackles. If he was going to be Walker, Texas Ranger, no, it's Jared, not uh, Jensen. Because what's funny about that is that Jared yeah. Padalecki. Most women know him from Gilmore Girls because he was Rory's first boyfriend dean and then he was on supernatural where his brother's name is dean huh yeah so it's it's all crisscross okay yeah i yeah so jensen I, eccles is dean on supernatural and jared padalecki is dean on gilmore girls okay yeah i if it was the other way around i would actually think oh that sounds good i would watch that but, i don't know i think it's a pretty good choice uh, he wears I, the stetson really well i, I think not as well as timothy oliphant but you know well, I mean, you know, you're you're stepping into the shoes of Chuck Norris. Yeah, those are rather you large know. shoes to fill. I just... Uh, <laughs> Bert just broke the fourth wall. Does he do that in every one of his he movies? He breaks the fourth wall in, like, every movie. Okay, I yeah. thought so, because I remember him doing he it in He does it, like, three in times the, in this movie. Uh, Yeah, he just did it twice, yeah, just there, there toward the end. Right so there, yeah. the, the director pulls him aside, thinking that he's being the bigger man, and he's like, you know, I'm a big enough guy to recognize when I should say I'm sorry. So I'm sorry, Hooper. This really was a risk of your life, and Hooper's like, ah, no hard feelings, and he decks the director yeah. in the face. But not Did before he that? stares at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in Smokey and the Bandit, it's when he's in the car and he looks out the window, yeah. but winks at the audience I mean, it's a great, and tears it, out. It, see, and there's certain actors that could do that. Like, if Sean Connery did that, it wouldn't work. No. Well, Sean Connery was he's, never, yeah. like, funny. Burt Reynolds had a really yeah, cheeky sense of funny, humor. Yeah. Sean Connery was always the straight man. Like, now, oh, you know, and it depends on the movie because, uh, you know, if Burt had done that in Deliverance, it would have felt really weird. Uh, <laughs> I think he did it on accident when he was raging down the river, yeah, but maybe. he didn't have a lot of control over his faculties. So. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if he did it in, um, uh, crap, uh, Street Life. Uh, Sharky's Machine. Oh, Sharky's Machine. Yeah, Sharky's Machine. Straight Life. Um, 
No, but we've it's... been surprisingly good about not making a single Bob's Burgers oh, God, reference until weird. the end of this episode, especially with Adam not here. Well, because, you know, it's no fun it's when no, you can't poke the yeah, bear. It's, it's yeah. no fun, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was uh, well. I suppose we should do off to uh, off to Seinfeld. Oh, uh, yeah. This one's actually going to jump significantly for me, because like I said, I saw this movie. I want to say I was a young teen when I first saw it, and I probably would have seen the TV cut version. Not that there's anything. Boobs. Well, there weren't really any. Well, there, there was the the one stripper that they hired to pop out of the cake, and yeah, so you get a little bit of Sally Field when she's walking around in the dark. Um, uh, she had a nightgown on though. Oh, I thought she oh, no, because yeah. you see her like pull it down. But I guess it, that was just in my imagination. Well, it was like a nude colored yeah. nightgown. I, I so do that I think, to improve movies. Well, sure, you know. But so yeah, there definitely yeah. would have been less booby action, uh, and it probably would have just also been cut for time because yeah. not every movie, yeah. not every scene in this movie is necessary to convey the story. <laughs> no, not not really. It's like um, an hour and forty. About an hour and 40 minutes long. And I knew who Burt Reynolds was because by then I, I knew very well and good who Burt was. But yeah. And Sally Field, I knew her from Forrest Gump because that was the first time I ever saw her. Yeah. Uh, beyond Smokey and the Bandit. So either that or Forrest Gump. I can't remember which one I saw first because I would have been little either way. But I recognized more actors this time, recognized oh, like yeah. the history of Jan Michael Vincent. Uh Learned all this backstory about Sally Field's actual stepfather, who was yeah. the Jocko stuntman in real yeah. life. And so, honestly, this one jumped up to like an eight and a half for me, for uh, sure. That improved everything for I, me. I'm going to say as far as improvement goes, I'm going to, I'm going to probably. And Adam West. A, <laughs> I'm going to give it, yeah, about a, a six. Cause I mean, huh? I, well, cause I mean, I, I liked it, you know, I liked it more this time watching it, but I mean, it's sort of for different reasons. I liked it this time, but I still, I still liked it as much. All, you know. What are the different reasons? Well, yeah, sort of like what you were saying, like seeing the, you know, behind the, uh, behind the curtain kind of stuff. Especially now that know. Jan Michael Vincent's gone, Bert's yeah. gone, like m most of these guys. Oh, yeah. uh, they're, they're I all. think Robert Klein is still with us, isn't he? Uh, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Sally Field is still with us for sure. She's in her, what, yeah. 80s now. Yeah. Um, God, don't say that. I know. Isn't it upsetting? <laughs> don't fucking tell me Sally Field's in her 80s. It's like when I told you guys that Tom Jane is in his 50s and you're like, no way. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Robert Klein is still with us. Okay. All mm -hmm. right. Well, that's good. Yep. Uh, that's kind of a bad, well, Terry Bradshaw's still with us. Yeah, Terry Bradshaw's yeah, still around. Yeah. But so a lot I mean, of these yeah. guys have perished, unfortunately. Yeah. But, um, but no, sort of like looking behind the curtain and, and getting to know what was going on. And, you know, you know, when you watch it as a kid, you don't think in terms of, you know, how Needham did this as a tribute to stunt performers, you know, it's. Yeah. I, you know, I love yeah. the tapestry of that. Like, yeah. it's just such a rich backstory. And the fact that they really, they told a pretty real story about life in Hollywood for yeah. a stuntman and the shelf life behind it. Yeah. I'm sorry, Jason. I'm just adoring the fact that your next up is Bob's Burgers. Let me see. I'll bring that up on my. Yeah, you can see it the folks at home. Oddly Look, enough, it knows. The simulations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the simulations winking, winking again. Yeah. But yeah, so okay, eight and a half and a six. I think that's fair. Uh, so, Hindsiders, thank you for joining us for another exciting episode of Hindsight is Horrifying. We appreciate you joining us for your. Horse galloping time, you're jumping out of a helicopter time, you're jumping a rocket car across damnation alley time. We don't care what kind of time. This has been Darth, Jason, and a quarter of Adam, I guess, uh, on Hindsight, and good night.